The U.S. has never defaulted on its debt before, but the debt ceiling still hasn't been raised. What is the plan exactly to get this measure passed in Congress, and what would be the consequences of negotiating with the other side of the aisle in order to get this done? Also last week, Fox News and Dominion Voting System reached a landmark settlement that made media history. So how will this affect how media outlets can operate and what they are able to say in the future? You're listening to The Rundown Podcast, and let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Rundown. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Hannah, and today I'm going to be taking you through the plan to raise the debt ceiling. Now, you may remember this from back in January, whenever we originally hit the debt ceiling, and how there was a lot of concern over whether or not it would be raised without political arguments getting in the way. You see, Congress has to approve money for certain spending during budgeting, and we need to borrow money a lot of the time in order to fund many of these programs. However, the U.S. has a limit on how much it is allowed to borrow, and when we hit that borrowing limit, also known as the debt ceiling, Congress has to vote to allow us to raise the debt ceiling so that we can borrow more money. If you're more curious about this topic, check out one of the previous episodes we did back in January titled, We're on the Brink of Financial Chaos. So why exactly is raising the debt ceiling so important? This is important because if we don't raise the debt ceiling, then we cannot afford to pay our bills. This is because we already have designated money to many of these programs during the budget process, so that money is basically already spent. If the debt ceiling is not raised, the U.S. will essentially default on its debt, which is something that has never happened before because the U.S. has always raised the debt ceiling and been able to pay its debts. However, things are teetering in the balance here, as many House Republicans, led by Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, are threatening to not raise the debt ceiling unless they can get President Biden and Democrats to agree to certain spending cuts. The whole fiasco has been going on since the beginning of the year, but it needs to be resolved quickly because we don't have long before the money runs out and we do default on our debt. You see, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has been able to make a few maneuvers and essentially move money around from different U.S. accounts in order to pay the bills for the time being. But if the debt ceiling isn't raised before then, the U.S. really will default on its debt, and Yellen predicts that this will likely happen this summer. That is why now the debt ceiling is making a comeback in the news cycle. Essentially, if Congress isn't working to get it raised now, we could be in some real trouble. So, what exactly is the plan here? Republicans have a very slim majority in the House, which is what is giving them the advantage in this situation. With Kevin McCarthy being Speaker, he has been able to withhold the vote on raising the debt ceiling from reaching the floor, putting Republicans in clear control here. So, this begs the question of why Democrats, and more particularly President Biden, are refusing to play ball with the Republicans on this delicate situation. If raising the debt ceiling is so important, shouldn't the president be more willing to negotiate with the speaker? Obviously, I can't answer that question for you, but I can at least give you some background information. In the past, raising the debt ceiling has always been a very minor thing that usually everyone just agrees to raise every couple of years in order to prevent financial chaos. 
Obviously, Democrats and Republicans are going to disagree on budgeting, but most have acknowledged that fighting for budget cuts with the debt ceiling as hostage is not a good idea because of how much hangs in the balance. In fact, a similar thing happened under the Obama administration where Republicans pulled a similar stunt, and while the debt ceiling was eventually raised, the U.S. did drop a credit rating for the first time ever, so it definitely did a bit of damage. The idea here is that the debt ceiling is not exactly the best place to be waging political budget wars. That is reserved for, well, the budgeting process, which usually takes place in the fall. Not raising the debt ceiling will ultimately not save the U.S. any money, because that money is already spent. So you can see how this whole argument is a bit risky and maybe a bit odd. So what does Kevin McCarthy want from President Biden in exchange for raising the debt ceiling? Well, here's the plan. McCarthy is proposing massive spending cuts to multiple programs, including things like healthcare, education, climate, and other programs. Defense spending and veteran services are not being touched, though. One of the major problems with this plan is that the specifics have yet to be worked out, and they likely won't be before a vote has to be taking place. This means that we won't know exactly which programs will be getting cuts and by how much, making things a little bit vague. There are, however, some things that we do know will be in the plan. One of the biggest things that McCarthy is proposing is work requirements for those on welfare. This would apply to the millions of Americans who rely on government assistance programs like food stamps or health insurance to work longer hours in order to get this type of assistance. While this may not seem crazy, it would make things much harder for those who are actually unable to work, such as someone fighting cancer or someone with a disability that prevents them from working. This could kick millions of Americans back into even more financial instability, which I think we all agree is not good. This plan also targets the student debt relief that the Biden administration rolled out a few months ago as well. Republicans are also wanting to dismiss the nearly $80 million that was set aside to hire new IRS agents. This money was meant to help fund the IRS so that it would be able to do more to investigate wealthy Americans not paying their fair share in taxes, and was set to help reduce the U.S. debt by over $100 billion over the next decade, according to Center on Budget. So, ultimately, this cut would actually add to the debt. These, of course, are not the only things that would be getting cut, but you get the idea. Biden is trying to hold strong against the Republicans because of how many cuts there would be and how potentially damaging this could be to millions of Americans, but he does not have a ton of power here because Republicans do have a slim majority in the House, like I stated earlier. However, their majority is slim, and it would only take a few handful of Republicans to vote against them for it to not go through, so we'll really just have to see how it plays out. Ultimately, if an agreement is not made, Congress can opt to suspend the debt ceiling until March of 2024, which would basically kick the argument to next year. This is essentially where the U.S. ignores the debt ceiling and continues to rack up debt for another year until the debt ceiling is raised again. This is certainly not the most productive option, but it is definitely better than defaulting on our debt. And if we don't agree to raise the debt ceiling, I would bet that this would be the option they choose to go for. In other news, 
Fox and Dominion voting system settled an election lies lawsuit that has been going on for quite a while now. In the largest U.S. media defamation settlement in history, Fox is set to pay Dominion over three quarters of a billion dollars, which is more than Dominion is even worth. By avoiding a trial, Fox was able to avoid even more major press headlines, which have been going on for weeks, about the lies that they told on national television, and the courts were not forced to make a decision about what media companies are allowed to say on air. This will, however, force many major media outlets to be more careful more careful about that what they were saying on air and who they are letting on their shows. It's also a possibility that we can see more lawsuits like this coming up against media companies who are spreading these lies that are hurting these voting companies. That's all I have for you guys this week, and I hope you have a great week. I will see you next Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Rundown. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider rating us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a ton. And if you're interested in learning more about this week's topics, feel free to check out the sources linked in the description of this podcast. I'm your host, Tanaru, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.